0: This is the Comstock Report Podcast. We are strong advocates for the American family farm and your top source for the agriculture markets.
1: Welcome back to the Comstock Channel. It is Friday with June, so it is time for the weekly wrap-up. My name is Brian Henderson, and Eric is finally back with us. He's back in his office. I'm still not home yet, but that is okay. Welcome back.
0: Yeah, glad to be back. Uh, yes, well, I about said yesterday, last week when I should have been on here, I was driving to Colorado and uh, had to take a detour on the way back. Anyway, 26 hours on the road last weekend. I was glad to be back home for sure. So, uh, I I wasn't in ballet class, contrary to Matthew's opinion, but uh, we, we had words about it, so we're fine.
1: All right, let's get into it. In our notes. All you pretty much to start this to start this off says so cattle and corn suck. So let's talk about yeah. let's talk about that corn first, and then we'll we'll move on.
0: Yeah. So corn uh, corn was hit hard by the report yesterday. Um, higher than expected yield. We had the USDA was at a one seventy three. The average trade guess was a 173.4. three four. We come out with a one seventy four nine. So they had almost two bushels on the corn. Uh, that's a big number. And we're still, you know, th- these aren't final numbers. It's still a work in progress, but I think this is more reflective of the, the better than expected that we see all over the place at this time of year. And and we're definitely seeing a lot of that throughout the, the Corn Belt and, our, and across the country, but you know, you get enough of that better than expected. And yeah, you know, eventually it warrants adding some bushels to the yield. Um, exports continue to be a a plaguing factor, Mississippi rivers down again, we're almost uh, back to 10 feet below normal. So that's a problem. Uh, but the, the big, the big purchases from China haven't been there and traders are still just desperately waiting for those numbers to come across. Um, so you look for things, okay, what can the bulls hang their hat on? And one of the things that just continues is basis is strong. Um, just, I, I just got an update as we were getting ready to start recording here, our local basis increased another two cents today. Uh, even with the Mississippi down, the ethanol plants are still bidding up for this corn. They they want the, pro- end users are in need and they're showing it in the basis. And this is not the time of year where you normally see a strengthening basis. And that has just been the case week after week. Then another thing that we saw uh, just today Uh, With some follow-through weakness after yesterday's report, corn did trade to new lows today, but one of the things we did was we closed the gap on the daily continuation chart, and I'd like to have everybody just take a look at that, and you can see right where I put that line across the chart, that was our low today, and that coincided with the gap when the September contract went off the board um when we saw that transition we finally filled that gap today so that's one of the little things that technicians will look at as maybe a buying opportunity you get down to the levels that september was at now okay we'll step in we'll start buying we got to run out of sellers so far we haven't hopefully this will be some kind of a trigger to get them out of the way and let bases take over carry still strong in the market when you look out uh through all of next year and even into the new crop next year uh on december so um Again, the user demand should take over. Hopefully, we'll see that. It's
1: not about soybeans.
0: Yeah. So uh, export sales in soybeans were impressive this week. Uh, Not on the weekly so much. We had about a million metric tons on the weekly export sales, which that was just expected. That's run-of-the-mill business. But then the surprise came in and that we had 2.7 million metric tons of soybean sales in daily flash sales this week. So we're we're fully expecting about a three and a half million metric tons weekly sales chart next week. If we see something like that, that's big. And if we can continue some of these daily flash sales, that would make it even better. Today was a federal government holiday, USDA was closed. So we couldn't see any daily flash sales if there were any. And there's a lot of uh, rumors going around the industry that there may have been another five to 600,000, about 10 cargoes of beans sold to China again, that would have been announced today had we got that reporting. So we'll be looking for that on Monday. For the for the sake of the futures, I hope that we do see that announcement because if the trade is expecting it and we don't see it, then that's perceived as negative. So we'll just see how that plays out. Um, on the product side, domestic crush demand is huge still. We're, we're seeing massive margins. The, the price of the products is still uh, relatively good to the price of the beans so that that's definitely a supportive factor the one thing that we have been seeing is that crude oil being at reduced levels you know you think about when the hamas israel conflict first got started you had crude oil spike up into the mid 90s and now we're back in the high 70s so definitely a soft crude oil market that's been dragging on the bean oil market which always puts a little damper on things but all in all the soybeans have sustained it well uh the big the big factor right now, aside from yesterday's report, which was a little bearish the beans, especially from a US production standpoint, slight increase to the yield, notable increase to the carryout numbers. So we gotta be aware of that while we focus more on Brazilian weather. And that is the key point right now. And that pattern just will not shift. And Matthew did a good job in Wednesday morning Comstock report. Uh he does his Brazil update there. And he broke that down pretty well. And one of the things that I wanted to pull up here was the uh, Brazil drought monitor. And we will get a new one from the USDA uh, tomorrow, actually, that should be coming out. Uh, hopefully they're working and it's or it's auto-generated and set to release tomorrow. So, <laughs> um, But that should be coming out tomorrow. So that'll be widely watched. And, and they've just been extremely hot, extremely dry in the bulk of the major growing region, which is the state of Mato Grosso. Southeastern states have been extremely wet and can't get a break. And as this shows, they're still expected to continue to get more moisture down there and lack of moisture in the north. So this this pattern of, of a, a two-sided story, neither one of which is good, just continues. So we need to we need to, and traders will keep moving forward.
1: Let's go to who also had a rough time, I'm guessing by that expression,
0: it was not pretty, yeah. not pretty at all. <laughs> no, rough, uh, rough would be a, a very polite way of putting what happened this week in the cattle. Um, this was, you know, we, we had already been having some trouble in the cattle market. We, we saw some signs that maybe that would turn around uh, early week, but it just turned into a total capitulation. Um December cattle closed nine seventy lower for the week at one seventy-four seventeen. You strip ten dollars per hundred off of those cattle. I mean, you're talking some serious money and, and in many cases the entire profit margin in these cattle with the price of feeders what they've been recently. So definitely a horrible situation for cattlemen and women across the country. Uh feeder cattle cash continuing to struggle as well. That has been a, a talking point for a while that we've we've touched on, but it's actually moving at a much slower pace than the fed cattle cash this week. Uh fed cattle cash lost anywhere from 4 to 5 dollars on a live basis to 5 to 7 on a dress basis. And in the meantime over the past month or so, feeder cattle index has has lost about 20 dollars. So you know, in a month you lose 20 dollars in the feeder index, you're talking about a dollar a business day. Uh, that's just uh, kind of unprecedented. But we have to keep in mind, too, that even at today's prices, we're still above the prior record highs in both feeders and fats prior to this year. So even after this big fall off, we're still above the 14 levels that everybody remembers as the best cattle market we ever had until now. We're still above those. And and we and we treat this like it couldn't have never happened. Uh, these are still very elevated levels and and we need to take into consideration where we're at versus where we were say three years ago. So um, although it feels like the end of the world, um, it's actually not really, but it is painful if you're in the industry, there is no doubt. Uh, I would like to take a look at the uh, April cattle chart and you can see the fall off in this chart. And really, I, I would say this last leg down was what I would call desperation hedging. Um, the, the market had fallen and fallen and fallen and guys were waiting on it to turn around. And then all of a sudden they just gave up hope that it was going to and said, no, nope, sell it. I, I gotta, I gotta keep myself protected because now I'm at my break even. Right. And so, and that's where we're at in many cases for, for a lot of these, uh, feeders is they're hedging these levels because at least here they're not going to lose the farm. And, and that's, and that's what we've seen a lot of this desperation hedging that's given us this last leg down. Hopefully, this might be the washout. That's usually the way it works. Um, but I still think longer term, you know, we're going to go lower eventually, but hopefully we'll go quite a bit higher first.
1: Last
0: one. The oh, hogs, they closed the screen. Mm. I will always go They, they, they did. Yeah. <laughs> Not very much in the green, but hey, fifteen cents per hundred we'll take it uh December hogs closed uh fifteen cents higher on the week at seventy one ninety now i I always do key closes for the the markets that we focus on the most, which is the corn soybeans cattle hogs uh corn down thirteen and a quarter they were the worst of the of the corn and soybeans, obviously, the corn was the worst beans were down four and a quarter. Cattle were down nine seventy, and then the hogs were up fifteen cents. So I'm hoping that that was uh, a, a sign that, at least through all the other negativity, hogs holding steady. I think was probably viewed as a victory, especially for the hog traders.
1: Wrapping up the magical question. Overall, how do you feel about the week?
0: Not well. Um, the only thing that I would really say uh, that I'm very optimistic about today is the soybeans. Uh, we traded up in the mid 1380s in the January contract. I thought from that level, we should see a 35 to 50 cent break. We got exactly that traded down into the mid 30s at uh, 1336 at yesterday's low, then tried that again, got down to 1337 today. So essentially a 50 cent bre- break from that high. I thought that should attract plenty of buying, especially with the situation going on in Brazil. So that's the one I would say I really do feel positive about. Uh, hogs, I, I'm probably more neutral, the hogs, than I've been in a long time. That was a, just a catastrophe for so long. And then we did have a couple of weeks there where it was like, okay, we're we're feeling pretty good. We're making some nice moves. Now I would say we're gonna plateau here, probably run out of buying interest and go down again before we start to see any kind of real recovery, which may take as late as next year sometime. Uh, but the cattle and the corn, uh, ironically, both are very negative right now. I'm hoping that the oversold conditions in both of those markets will be enough to get them turned around. But, uh, this week just didn't, it felt heavy. It, it really felt very heavy across all commodities. And, you know, you get some turnaround in some macro markets. Maybe the metals start to show a little sign of life. The crude oil started today. If you get some follow through in some of those markets, then maybe that helps the whole commodity sector and we got something to look forward to.
1: Will it still affect us next week. Or do you think it it be in a new week? We'll, we'll see better.
0: Uh, it it will have it. It's going to have an impact for a while, and that impact's going to come in the in the form of uh, selling rallies. Because that that report basically said, in the case of the corn, uh, that report basically said we have more corn than we thought. We have more corn than we need, and we're going to increase our carryout numbers. And so you have this big black cloud looming over the corn market, and that that will always create a sell the rally mentality. So now, instead of we get up through 490, everybody starts to get a little exuberant about the market and think we're gonna go a lot higher. Now everybody's looking for, okay, we get another nickel, I'm gonna start selling. We get close to $5, I'm gonna start selling. And then it, you know, as they start selling then then the market retreats and so we're we're going to see the the sell the rally mentality in the corn we're going to see it also in the cattle now i think we can probably bet that the highs are behind us because of that reason alone they get another shot at those gap levels from a couple of weeks ago those are going to get sold um you you may see it as quick as a $5 rally or something along those lines you'll start to see these little bumps in the road and, and it's just hedge pressure coming in. So that's, that's what's gonna happen in those markets. Soybeans, the storyline's too strong. I think there's, there's definitely cause to think they could just keep running for a little while. All right,
1: that'll be it for this episode. Thank you so much.
0: All right, Brian, thanks. For a more complete version of the Comstock Report with hedging strategies and trade recommendations, subscribe on our website at Comstock.com